John Fetterman's debate performance proves his campaign and the media were lying. And Democrats are now accusing Republicans of not being loyal enough to Trump. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. You agree with Kevin McCarthy that it's going to be uh, all Republicans voting for all Republicans. That's what's going to happen here. But I'm not sure Kevin's going to get the 218. That's where he and I disagree. And there are reasons that the American public say we need a change in leadership. And they do say that. There isn't any place I go, whether it's in my district, in the state, or around the country, literally hundreds of times every year when people don't make that the number one issue. Are you going to give us new leadership? And why do they say that? It's because we've watched what has happened when we don't actively fight and use every tool we have to slow down the Biden administration. That's what people want, and that's what new leadership would be expected to uh, do. Well, you know what? You have to have the votes on the floor in order to make it happen, and who knows if it's ever going to happen. Welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh, it's Friday. We made it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They're still uh, counting some votes. Yeah, I feel like every I, I'm I, I get so aggravated because first off, welcome to the show. Happy Friday before I get into it. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable curmudgeon. I was just looking at this actually. Uh, I was I was doing my uh cuz you know the it's a national radio show. However, we have a uh, simulcast. And you're you're looking at your stylist and your researcher and your everything. So, I'm like trying to get I'm like doing stuff and I'm looking at the latest with because there's five the way that I understand it there's five outstanding races correct and then Bobert's she technically won Bobert's race out in Colorado that's the third district so she ended up and this was something that came in kind of late uh, she ended up winning her race like by but it was within the, the margin of having to do a recount so they're gonna i know they're gonna <laughs> yay taxpayers and that's an aspen because i think it was like a 500 or something vote difference just so you know the election was 10 days ago yeah 10 days ago and they're so and it's aspen don't they got money in aspen yeah. so okay why the hell are they not getting their votes out why are they not why are they not getting their votes out i'm just very curious on all of this so we're going to go over, we got a lot of stuff to go over. It's uh, just to wrap the week up so you kind of know what's going on. And um, like I said, this, uh, we've got the latest with Democrats. We have the latest with 
uh, goodness, FTX, so many things. And so we're going to get into we're going to get into all of that. Uh, Joe Biden and Saudi Arabia, he's made the left in the left is infuriated. They're infuriated right now because he's well. And it was kind of shocking. I'll admit he he kind of did a a little 180 there on uh, the crown prince. But you everybody kind of saw this coming. So we're going to get into all of that. We're also going to talk about some energy. Uh, We have diesel's bad no surprise there we're going to get into all the latest with that and uh, of course yeah they're still counting votes i'll go into the five races but i don't think i mean it's not going to change it doesn't change the overall uh, makeup of the house the house is still going to be captured by uh, republicans so there's nothing there that changes so I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go into the weeds with all that because it's boring as hell at this point. You know, I mean, you're still we're still counting votes literally, as you said, 10 days later. So uh, also the latest with Twitter and everything else, because they I am so greatly amused by the way that the left is reacting over Twitter. And how many employees did he fire at this point now? Oh man, I don't know. It's like seven. What is it? No, 3000. It's like 3000, right? 3,000 Twitter, 3,000 Twitter employees and you have 10,000 Amazon employees that have lost their job and nobody apparently gives a rat's backside about them. So, you know, we're not going to, media is not going to freak out about them. No, they're not going to care about that. Have you noticed there's like, there's like an absence of, of reporting on that kind of fascinating. So we we're going to dive into all of that to start with though. However, this, hmm. We have the, I'm gonna, we're just going to start with uh, Biden here, because there was a, the way it was written was a shocking turn on the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, MBS. This was trending, actually it was going, I was looking at my screenshots, going into last night into this morning, it was trending, which is kind of interesting. But, uh, and that's because the Biden administration declared late yesterday that the high office that MBS holds as the crown prince in Saudi Arabia, it should shield him from the AP from lawsuits for his role regarding Jamal Khashoggi. Now, remember, what did he say during was it was during the campaign, right? Biden said that he was the a pariah. He was he was a total pariah. That's how he was described. So what happened to that, I guess? That just all changed. You know, what happened? He, need, he needed to beg them for some energy. He, wanted to, he needed to have some gas. That's what he needed. So you have the Biden White House, who is essentially shielding MBS and Saudi, the Saudi Arabian government against any legal action regarding Jamal Khashoggi. And that was a big thing for the left. And suddenly now, I guess it's, it's not. I guess they're not... Uh, I'm just, you know, I guess that's not a huge issue anymore. How many promises has this man broken? So first it was, what was the first? Oh, um, the student loan thing. He baited everybody on student loans and then he ripped the rug out underneath him. Actually, that was second to this. This is actually the first thing. I'm just sitting back and I'm watching. I'm just watching to see, you know, how many uh, other people can be disappointed by the stuff that Biden's doing. I'm just sitting back and watching. That's what I'm doing. So this on top of, and I got a couple of other things. These are all, these are all important headlines, but it's all, you know, also related to the Democrat Party. The, there was a report that came out, it's not getting a ton of attention, that d- further discussed 
the breakdown in Afghanistan. They said that the Afghan government was misled by you by U.S. officials and they completely ignored signs of America's exit, according to a report. It says that U.S. officials reportedly sent mixed messages to the Afghan government regarding the Biden administration's intent to carry out a complete military withdrawal. And they said instead of preparing to deal with the Taliban alone, the Afghan government officials, they held parties and inconsequential legislative discussions in the weeks and months leading up to the withdrawal. So it further kind of illustrates that the administration did not prepare the Afghan partners at all whatsoever. They didn't tell. I mean, so I mean, it was entirely a shock. But it's weird because it also kind of seems as though the way that in the places where this has been written, it also kind of it, it, it sort of suggests that, well, it's, you know, really, ultimately, these Afghan officials fault. Well, they didn't know. They thought that, that the U.S. Were, were partners with them in all of this. So, I mean, can you really? I don't know. But they said that it was uh, there were contradictory messages from the State Department and it encouraged an unwillingness to counter a potential withdrawal, et cetera, et cetera. They had no awareness. They said some of it's our fault. So, Afghan officials chose to listen only to U.S. officials. And apparently the officials were giving them more optimistic scenarios. Well, isn't that what they were told to do? By the by the U.S. military training them. So instead of preparing to look at, you know, the Taliban or as like any as politically legitimate or defend Kabul, they were having what they said inconsequential legislative discussions leading up to this withdrawal. Well, that's not a surprise. It was a the United States didn't prepare their partners didn't do. I mean, it was I just don't know how much more disastrous you could have had something it only I mean to me you had to do it on purpose it all had to be on purpose it had to be completely designed the exit to fail now regarding law and order which was something that clearly damaged Democrats going into midterms check this story out I can't I saw this this morning so do you remember the story this week for about the guy who drove into a group of like 25 law enforcement recruits in Whittier, California, and just plowed right into him. So he was arrested, his 22-year-old Nicholas Gutierrez. Oh, but wait, wait, there's more. He was released from custody last night. What? Just shortly before 10 p.m. Wait, how many did he mow over? 25. Mm Mm-hmm. A whole 25. And the sheriff said this was a deliberate act. He rammed his car into a group of sheriff's department recruits who were on a jog, injuring 25 of them and several incredibly severely. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva had announced that it was intentional. He said there's no way that there's it was intentional. There's video of it. They said they had an exhaustive interview process with everyone involved. They looked at the completely obvious video surveillance statement from the recruits and what they got from the suspect himself. And they were able to form a pretty confidential or or confident opinion that this was a deliberate act. They had 75 total that were jogging. They were from the Star Explore Training Academy. And then the SUV was traveling the wrong way, plowed right for them. The most severe injuries include head trauma, broken bones, and loss of limbs. No skid marks were found. Of course not. So, from what they understand, 
the foot was still on the accelerator. I mean, it is it is bad. Now, they have five of the recruits under observation, two in critical condition. They said the biggest concern was Alejandro Martinez. Villanueva said he had surgery Wednesday. He had major trauma to his head and multiple fractures. So they detained the driver. His bail was set at $2 million. He passed the field sobriety test. He looked completely calm and unconcerned. You know, when you looked at the... Because they showed him. He's on camera. They see him. Searched his house. So he's free. He was able to walk. He was able to walk yesterday because it's California. Now, the reason why he was able to walk, they said, was that they, they didn't have... They had, it, it was an insufficient complaint. Oh, he's still a suspect in the case. They said the decision to release him was made because investigators wanted more time to collect evidence to, prevent, to present to the DA for charges, not because they believe there was an error made. And they, had to, they have to present a case to the DA within 48 hours of a suspect's arrest, and apparently they were not ready to do that. I'm not quite sure what they needed, because he's literally on video, and then they have him getting out of the car on video and they have him on like, talking to police on video i mean so he's he was charged he finally like to so they let him go and then you have pull this up this is ktla they said that because the one that, that this this wreck he was charged this morning with attempted murder of a peace officer. Other charges are pending. But he was still released from custody. Oh, my gosh. So they said, due to the complexity of the investigation, they did release him. I just wonder, what am I missing? Complexity? Yeah, what the hell is complex about this? I'm looking at stills right now of the video. The video is a little harsh to watch. But I'm looking at stills. What is what is? But this is California. They have a whole new definition of justice in California. We've got more on this. Also, how the media reports on FTX and how they report on Musk on Twitter. Wait until you hear just like the New York Times had this headline where they called this Bankman Freed dude. They said, oh, he's its charismatic founder. The way that the media is romanticizing this guy and the scandal it's pretty amazing. Josh Hawley demanded that the administration yesterday provide all correspondence related to the FTX collapse. While Democrats continue to push and say, oh, it's something wrong with crypto. When really, it had nothing to do with that, honestly. So we have that. Uh, also, I know that we kind of joked that we were going to, you know, we hoped Elon Musk would burn Twitter down, but I didn't know it would be this fast. Uh, they actually locked the doors and suspended everybody's passes yesterday. He was worried about employees because he had a ton of resignations yesterday. They were worried about sabotage. We have all of that. Uh, and also San Francisco inaugurating guaranteed income, but only for transgender individuals. So a lot of stuff to cover today. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate 
new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see kel reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other kel weapons and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, all right, so premature, I don't know why this is, premature births are at the highest point since 2007, says the March of Dimes. They say it's reached the highest point, uh, this is their March of Dimes report card on maternal and infant health. So in 2021, 10.5% of babies born in the U.S. were premature, so that's before 37 weeks uh, gestational age. 4% increase from 2020, just four states saw a decrease. So that's... They're looking into, as a as a result of that, looking at maternal health and delivery, etc. Pickleball. I do not understand this. Juan says it's tennis for lazy people. So apparently doctors have seen more pickleball injuries. How do you injure yourself playing pickleball? It's the fastest growing sport in the U.S. Five million players across the country. Apparently there's like a whole like thing and every, there's like a league and all that. And you hit, you use like a paddle with a tennis ball. Wiffle ball. Okay, whatever. I don't know anything about it. I'm not playing it because it looks like, no, I'm just not. But they said that there's a lot of injuries as a result of it. I don't know why. Poland's soccer team got a fighter jet escort because Russia, on their way to the World Cup, their soccer team, they had a really, really nice escort. They they were rolling heavy. They said that they had two F-16s alongside their passenger jet that the the, uh, team's official captain had shared on Twitter. It's kind of... And uh, speaking of World Cup, people are mad because they decided to pull beer at the last minute. I mean, there is rage to be had. Stay with us. Hey, folks, Dana Lash here for Recoil Gunworks. Not only do they have competitive pricing, but right now they're giving all of you out there $20 off of any order of $100 or more. And that makes this a great time to stock up before the end of 2022. So visit recoilgunworks.com Dana, and you can use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now, this offer is only good for a short time. And Recoil Gunworks is your web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer, family-owned, and of course, they think like you. They're really well-known for their uh, refurbishments, their police trading guns, all in great shape, and you can buy now, pay later with no interest, and I said they have competitive pricing. It's also incredibly easy to use. You can search by caliber, weight, application, and brand, uh, and of course, they have ammo shipped right to your door where legal, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And you can check out the product restrictions page for further info on all of the state law restrictions. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana today, get a full list of products and use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. Right now get $20 off when you use promo code Dana on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
I'm going to tell you to keep the faith. Oh, you ever watch a stupid movie late at night hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are some cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then anyway. This is Herschel Walker, and I love the way he tells stories. Everybody who is mad at him or who is trying to mock him, I will physically fight you with my hands. Welcome back to the show. I mean, I don't know what, other, what else I would use, but Dana Lash here. So here's what happened. And our media, are, they are so cringe, absolute garbage people with no souls. So this is what happened. Herschel Walker was at a campaign stop. And he broke out into this story where he was talking about how fake faith or misplaced faith doesn't work. And he gave the example of someone, you know, trying to use like holy water or something when they didn't believe in God. It was actually a great story. Now, maybe you wouldn't approach it that way. But I'm going to tell you something. The retired goth kid in me totally appreciated the road that he took to explain this. Oh, I felt him. I was right there. I was like, yep, I have watched that Fright Night. I have. Mm-hmm. I have watched it. Yep. Yep. That's right. I mean, and when you, and then he was like, you know, vampire can kill a werewolf. That's debatable. But. Werewolf kill a vampire. Oh, yeah. Werewolf kill a vampire. That's debatable, maybe. I don't know. Which are, I don't want to dive off into the ditch here, but it's taken everything I have. But it was like, a, it, it was funny. And he, that's what he was talking about. And so this is what the media does. They only get him talking about werewolves and vampires. And then they're like, can you believe that he just broke out into this story to campaign stop? So this is, you would have actual video on video examples of John Fetterman not even being able to process like a simple question. And the media tries to run and, and deflect and defend for him. Meanwhile, Herschel Walker gets up. He tells a completely relatable story using a pop culture reference. And the media completely chops it right in the middle and then gets out there and tries to and tries to fabricate this story. Oh, he's so he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Can you believe this? They are garbage people with no souls. I'm telling you. And it makes me angry because I think it's hysterical how he talks. He's just, look, he is one of those people. And I think he's, some people are like, oh, he's not a good speaker. I don't think that you understand what a speaker is. I don't, when someone tells me stuff like that about someone that I've heard, he's a different speaker because he's, he doesn't sound, he's not boring. He doesn't go up there with a stupid little binder and put it on a stupid little podium I don't know if you've ever seen me at speaking events, but I, I will tell people, give me a mic and I'm not staying behind your podium unless you absolutely physically make me. Because I hate that stuff. It's boring and it's just, I, it, I think the podium is a crutch for people. You want to connect. He likes connecting with people. He's not a politician. He just getting up there and he's, he's talking with folks. And they like it. And I love that he had a pop culture reference. Someone was like, I haven't seen Fright Night. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, because you're a dork. <laughs> Who hasn't seen Fright Night? Either the original one or the Colin Farrell remake, which wasn't really bad. Except the sad thing is, is the kid in that 
who it was ended up being the Russian guy in the Star Wars remake. He was the guy whose Jeep ran him over. That was kind of sad. But anyway, because he was a good actor. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a good, decent movie. And so they, but the media is trying to create a narrative about Herschel Walker that they would not allow to be even acknowledged with John Fetterman. So there's your difference right there. Oh, you can't vote for Herschel Walker. Look at him talking about vampires and werewolves. Why did you completely omit how he was discussing misplaced faith? It was actually, and you can have your opinion on Walker. I don't care, but you're not going to change mine. It was actually, for the media whose heads it flew over, it was a really clever beatdown of Warnock, actually. I was like, huh. A lot of people aren't going to get these references because they're dorks. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. But that's how they, they decided to create this thing about him. And it's, it's hysterical to me how he finds it so funny. He's like, I was watching Fright Night. I think he was watching, was it the 83 version? Did he actually say? I know it's probably not important. But it, was it the original version or the remake? I'm not sure. I don't know. But I'm telling you what, this whole, the way that they're trying to portray him is how they never would allow Futterman to be viewed. I think if he was watching Never. Twilight, it might have been a different story because I think that the vampires in Twilight are not like the ones in Fright Night. Oh, no. No, they're not. They're totally not. But I doubt, Sidebar. I doubt Herschel Walker was watching Robert Pattinson, though, so who knows? Sidebar. I, uh, best vampire movie, Lost Boys. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. A doubt. And who hires a band like that? The 80s. To play a theme park? The 80s. You know, the guy with like the... I don't know what he was like a bodybuilder who accidentally had found a saxophone on the beach and decided that he was going to join a band. I don't know what that was about, but it happened. Yeah, totally. And then uh, the uh, John Malkovich Nosferatu is really good, too. That's a really good. And they're remaking that with Bill Skarsgård, the guy who played it, who's Alexander Skarsgård's younger brother. And their dad is the Skarsgård who was in Thor. I know a bunch of Skarsgårds out there. That almost sounds like a slur, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway. So I just, the, I just was, it was infuriating to watch them. Not surprising. This is the same thing that the media does, though, when you look at how they report on Twitter. So 10,000 Amazon workers have been fired, but the media is freaking out and acting like therapy, acting like, you know, therapists for the Twitter employees that are resigning because we don't have one. You took away our free lunches. You took it. You're making us work hard. Oh. So they alerted employees that all office buildings are temporarily closed and badge access is suspended. And they said apparently they were concerned that people were going to sabotage the company and they're trying to also figure out which Twitter workers they need to cut access for permanently. Offices will reopen on November 21st. Huh. So Musk doesn't like remote work. So he's asking people, these coddled babies, to come in. That's all it is. Can you imagine? This is where we are. He takes over Twitter, and now you're having people, I don't want to work. And the media is saying, that's how dare you make these people work. Why don't you just give them the money? For doing what? Well, they're nothing. That's, that's what's happening here. Well, that's actually also literally happening in San Francisco. We're going to get into that. That's actually happening there, which is insane. Actually, let's talk about that. So they had, they started a guaranteed income for transgender individuals. Here's, 
I have a whole other issue separate from this issue with which I have a problem. They have 97 different things to pick from. It's like rolling the damn wheel on Price is Right. Which is your gender? 97? 97 genders. There are, there, there's only two types of bits, okay? The long bit and the short bit. The erection. There's not a lot of room there for error. You know what I'm saying? So they said that they'll provide $1,200, $1,200 per month. A lot of people are going to be going to San Francisco and saying, no, I am also a woman. Call me ma'am. So they said, I'm looking at, oh, golly, I can't, I don't want to scroll through. Why am I, oh my gosh, I'm scrolling through the choices. Hold up. No, 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 we're doing this. No, no, no. Here we go. Ready? So the demographics, you can present your trans status, transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, intersex, none of the above. The pronouns, oh my gosh, this is like Lewis Carroll wrote this whole thing. Was this a torn out page from Jabberwocky? I'm, cons- I'm just, because some of the pronouns are co-co-co's. I'm not kidding you. C-O or C-O or C-O-S. Uh, yeah, taterters. <laughs> taters. <laughs> oh my gosh, for real. T-E-Y-T-E-R-T-E-R-S. Look, you have the link. Scroll all the way down. Scroll all the way down. And then you've got... Uh, I one of them sounds like a cuss word. Fay Fair Fairs? I don't know. And then you can get into your gender identity. What is a demigirl? Is that like a short woman? I don't know. Sister girl? What the hell is that? What is a sister girl? This sounds like some handmaiden stuff. Hello, sister girl. Well, hello, w- widow goody. Hello. What is that? Thought of the cheetah girls. Was that? Yeah. Oh, it's just <laughs> weird. Okay, girls. so here we get into the. Oh, wait, there's so much more. Oh, boy. The gender identity I thought was just limited to page four. I am incorrect. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Uh huh. Masculine of center. T boy. That sounds. That sounds like a subgroup of skaters from the 80s. No, those are the T-Boys. Like, what is that? Um, I'm still looking at it. B-O-I. So that we're taking Avril Lavigne's skater boy, like literally now. Oh, I hate everything. Tomboy with a capital T. Gender outlaw. That's an actual thing on this. So that is gender outlaw is basically um, an ironically named Here's a band name. Ironically named group of uh, outlaw country musicians, but they're all lesbians. And it's ironically named. So it's like punk outlaw country in a way. Gender yeah. What is Neutroy? Neutroy. N-E-U-T-R-O-I-S. I don't even know what that is. Omnigender? What? G- what? Okay. Gray. Oh, that, that's a gray bender, which will probably be one. Maverick. Oh, jeez. I can't even pronounce some of this stuff. It's, Kane, what is this? Because it sounds like a talking head song. F-A-A-F-A-F-I-N-E. Fa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa-fa. Fa-a-fa-fine? Yeah, I don't know. Fa-a-fa-fine. Fa-a-fa-fine? There's Waria. That's a gender 
choice. Is that Wario's wife? Waria? <laughs> Ash time. Oh my gosh. What the heck is Winkty? <laughs> I don't think I want to know. Winkty. <laughs> I have an idea, but I can't say it on air. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. Sexual orientation. Now, I have a question. I don't think I can say this on... Can I, Kane, look at the sexual orientation one. Yeah. Go down. You see it? It's one, uh, oh, two, yeah, three, good. four, five, six. The seventh one down, I can't even say on air, can I? Sixth, seventh, and eighth, probably not. Right? Or actually, the eighth you could. No, 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 not the seventh one. No, not the so the seventh one, they actually, is this acceptable? They call themselves this now? So what are baby flies called? Maggot. Okay, take the M away yeah. and put an F there. Oh. And that's what is on this form. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, and it goes on. So it, it's like two pages of, the, of just those choices. Um, and they give you a don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they ask for your housing status and you can choose. You literally can choose that you live in a van. I'm kidding. This is California. I cannot even believe this. So I think they, what do they give you? They give you $1,200 a month. It says here, are you currently a sex worker? They're going to be people who are going to be faking this. Yes, I am. uh, Looks at list. A T boy. Where's my $1,200? And then someone else comes in. Yes, I am a Demi girl. I would like my $1,200, please. I'm a Winkty. Where's my $1,200? I mean, this sounds... You can't be a Winkty. That's what I want to be. <sighs> well, I think you can have more than one Winkty. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how big the Winkty population <laughs> is, but, you know, if, there's, if they have representatives or not. Golly. This is... It's going to be... San Francisco is going to be its whole little own thing. But this is, I'm not joking, this is all on the application. How well do you all think this is going to go? Oh, hmm? oh $1,200 a month. 134 genders and pronouns. Oh, and by the way, here's the other thing. You can pick as many genders and pronouns as you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be all or none. Or no, you got to be one of them, I think. But you could be all of them. Oh, my gosh. So... You're going to have a bunch of poor transgender people in San Francisco all of a sudden. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Little presidents of the United States there with Lump. We were just watching The View, so I was inspired <laughs> musically. You knew I was going to say this when we came back. It's Friday. 
I mean, I've had like a whole week of being cynical and a, a meaner Daria than normal. So we're going to just wrap it all up this Friday. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. So this is what I got for you coming up on the show. Next hour, we, uh, we're going to talk about, I got more wokery. Here's a riddle. How did a high school cross-country runner go from 72nd to first place? What's her secret? You want it? Uh-huh. You saw my news. If you... Mm, balls? That's maybe one of them? Two of them? So... You got some beach ball-sized lady nuts on you coming in all kamikaze like that. I'm telling you what. So... We'll discuss that. We also have the things that Democrats want to pass before Republicans come in and take control. They want to go on a spending spree. This is what you're going to need to look out for. Also, the the diesel shortage, the Biden administration is actually making it worse. And we're also going to discuss uh, the this whole the, it's the Respect for Marriage Act, which Democrats are eager to push through. And it actually is anything but. It repeals Defense of Marriage Act. And the other thing is, too, I, why do they even need to codify anything further when you have Obergefell? I don't understand that. That case made it where every state had, would, would have to accept this, this status. So we're going to talk about this here coming up with Kevin Roberts. He's the president of the Heritage Foundation and an American history professor at UT. He's like the... The red dot in a sea of blue at UT down there in Austin. We're going to talk to him coming up as well. Stick with us. More to come. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. A report two weeks ago, <clears throat> Judiciary Committee, a report that uh, talked about the political influence and the political shenanigans going on in our Justice Department, based on 14 FBI agents who've come talk to our office as, as whistleblowers. One of those agents said, and this is the term he used, he said, at the highest levels of the FBI, specifically the Washington Field Office, he said it's rotted to the core. Not talking about rank and file agents. They're doing good, good work. Talking about the top people at the Washington Field Office. Hmm. Man, they were having some very interesting discussions at that Q&A with Andrew uh, or with uh, Christopher Ray yesterday. That was Jim Jordan there. Welcome back to the program. Top of our second hour this Friday. Dana Lash here with you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he did admit, Chris Ray, what we all knew, that he took a government jet to go on vacation. Remember that? He was like, I need to leave questioning. I'm going to go on vacation. He finally did admit to taking a government jet. See, this is why 
I think if ever there was a motive, I, I, I say this because I, I believe in voter fraud completely because I've seen it. How widespread it is, I think, is the is the debate. But I will say, you know, Democrats don't make it easy for people to think that they don't have any good motivations for wanting any kind of widespread fraud when they do stuff like that. All of the FBI corruption, and then, golly, we don't want these people running these committees. We don't want them running the committees and everything else and running all of this and being able to find out what's happening. Golly, we've got to stop this. Kind of makes some sense. A little bit, and you think they don't help at all, do they? No, they do not. So we, uh, coming up, we're going to be talking with Kevin Roberts about that. I keep wanting to call it uh, the same-sex marriage act. It's the Respect for Marriage Act. Why did they name it that? I don't know. I don't understand what the point of it. So just let me give you some backstory. And this is, this is one of the things I'm going to be talking to him about. So if you're unfamiliar with it, and I'm just setting this up because I think this is going to be a good conversation for you to, to follow because we're going to be answering some of those questions without getting in the weeds with it. I mean, for crying out loud, you're like mentally preparing your Thanksgiving turkey, right? But I want to get you to understand this because coming back from Thanksgiving, this will be one of the, one of the other fights because this is moving through the, the, the uh, it's going through all the procedural votes in the Senate. So back in 96, you had Defensive Marriage Act. And then you had the Obergefell versus Hodges decision. And that was the decision that was saying every state has to recognize a marriage between uh, same-sex couples. And there, there was this, the, the where I get, and this is why we're going to be talking to Kevin Roberts. He's a, an American history, PhD in American history. He's a professor at, U, at UT. He's, I don't know how he lives, but he's a professor at UT's President Heritage Foundation. My question is, why in the world did they feel like they needed, because every, everybody kept saying, oh, we got to codify this. We, well, why do you feel like you need to do it more? Because isn't that what Obergefell did? Ah, ah, but there's the, there's the twist, see. Because this is, there's no, because people kept saying, oh, there's, we're going to lose benefits. You know, nobody's going to lose any benefits. I mean, that's, it's Obergefell is what is, it's actually governing today. Um, that's actually what's, you know, I mean, that's actually what's in effect now. The argument was that, oh, there was a risk to same-sex couples. They're going to lose benefits. They're going to lose legal status. And there was nothing in there. I mean, that's completely against the Obergefell decision. That's then that's what everybody go and, and all state governments acclimated and adopted it. That is the ultimate status quo. There, there is no legal argument coming forward in the courts that challenges that. So that brings up the question of, okay, so what is the point of this? If it, if it's, if they proposed it to target an issue that doesn't exist, then what, well, it's the weaponization further of the IRS to go after religious entities, organizations, individuals that either partner with the government or receive, you know, or are tax exempt that, you know, maybe that's uh, adoption agencies or, you know, churches, etc. It's a way to, to 
go after that because in the quote unquote respect for marriage act, there's no respect for religious institutions or beliefs because there is no, there's no protections for them included in there. And that was done purposefully. It was absolutely done purposefully. Now, the, the, and there were some Republicans that actually voted for this because it passed the house. And there were some Republicans in the Senate just the other day that voted, even though it was a procedural vote to get it to move, I still don't, I don't understand why. It targets people of faith. I mean, I, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So I, they may have, uh, I think that one of the reasons, because one of the reasons that, because it seems like it all happened really quick in the House and started slowing down, and I think it's because it's, it's just nothing more than a political ploy but that also means that Democrats are going to have to push for this coming up after the election. And I just don't think it's easy for them to make a vote. I mean, you're talking about codifying something that technically is already done. It's just weird. And we're going to talk with Kevin Roberts about this. So, like, for instance, you know, one of the questions that I have for him is, you know, if there, if their argument is that there are no protections because of Obergefell. I mean, that's not true. So why do they feel the need to codify this further? I and mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any, desi- it doesn't make any sense. How, why was there no inclusion? I was looking at, there was this uh, amendment that was coming from, what is it? Romney Baldwin Collins. They have an amendment. I think Mike Lee had an amendment that they were putting forward too. But the Baldwin Romney Collins amendment, though, doesn't, is not a good isn't a good defense either so there's a lot of questions about this stuff here's the other thing how did marriage become a right now i think there's marriage and i think that there is a contractual agreement between or union between consenting adults a contractual union between consenting adults and I'm not going to, people I think try to take into the weeds and fight over the word marriage. But I think the push to classify any kind of consenting union as a marriage was, you can either view it as a mistake by the left or was that the point? So as to undermine the religious value and purpose of marriage. So we're going to be talking about all of that because this weaponizing the IRS further and allowing for zero protections in this is there's no protection for for religious liberty. There's no protection for any kind of uh, conscience rights. There's nothing in there at all for it. And I'm just wondering how you got 87,000 IRS agents. Hmm. I guess that it sounds like that. It just sounds like the IRS gearing up, doesn't it? When you consider all of this. So we're going to get into that. Also, hmm. Here's this. This this. uh, Well, it disappeared, but he's uh, was the associate editor of my. It was actually my second book that I did. And I thought it was kind of weird. His name's his name is Eric, and I've always gotten along with him. I mean, we follow each other on social media. His name's Eric Nelson. He's never been, you know, mean or anything like that. Um, I think he asks provocative questions sometimes. And this, 
he said he was asking a question hypothetically. Uh, maybe he was, but he was asking a he was what, what he was asking this point about life because and this was in the whole context of abortion and Democrats arguing that that somehow uh, it was the abortion fight that ended up helping to push them in certain states, which I don't know that it did because it never ranked up in one of the top things that people were concerned about. Um, however, I don't think that Lindsey Graham, and there's a piece coming from our contributor Lorraine on that later today. I don't think that Lindsey Graham helped out with with any of that. And so it, it was this this discussion over whether or not Republicans, conservatives could in any way, I guess, you know, how do you defend it? You know, fetus isn't is a fetus an actual human life, which I think is such a dumb argument. I've always said that I felt as though it was a stage of development. Well, it is a stage of development and it's it's ages to argue this. Right. Because a child an adult is a stage of development, so why wouldn't anything else also be considered as such? And my friend Eric, like I said, had tweeted this out. Man, he got blown up. He ended up having to delete it and try to, he was trying to uh, clarify it further. But I don't think it was a good argument because that's ultimately, I think, I think that's the best way that Republicans can approach it. And I think that that's how they need to explain it is that it is. It's, I mean, it's ageism. We're not, this isn't, you know, just because it's not out in the world doesn't mean that it's not human. It's, it's just ageism. Adult is a stage of life. A kid is a stage of life. A baby is a stage of life. A fetus is a stage of life. Uh, an embryo is a stage of life. A zygote is a stage of life. It's all a stage of life after conception. I mean, I love this. Let's believe in science, but only up until this point. Those people. It makes no sense. Also, boy, oh boy, this was a, re- a really interesting piece that I was looking at. It was over at The Federalist by John Davidson, and he was giving the tale of this town in Texas. Now, listen, this is in Texas. It is uh, a town called Taylor. And he was saying that in Taylor, Texas, population about 16,000. It's just uh, about maybe an hour and a half, 40 minutes uh, northeast of Austin. They said that they've had a little town. They've always had a Christmas parade, not a holiday parade, but a Christmas parade every year. And it's always been a tradition and it's been organized under the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance or TAMA, a bunch of local churches. So as an oversight in the application process, because they have very sweet and very generous elderly ladies who volunteer to organize the parade and they process all the float applications. They had never heard of a group called Taylor Pride, so they didn't know what it was. And before the summer of 2021, that group had never staged an event. And so they decided, they by the time the parade organizers found out it was too late, they had two dudes, one as a female Santa and the other who was very hardly dressed in glitter, gyrating to dance music on the Taylor Pride float, Jordan uh, Davidson writes, as it rolled down Main Street in the annual Christmas parade right in front of a float for St. Mary's Catholic School, which was full of kids. Parents and attendees were understandably outraged. So TAMA decided in the future, parade entries have to be consistent with traditional biblical and family values. They made an announcement to that effect. So the Taylor City Council said they're going to stage a separate city-sponsored parade right after the TAMA parade. And they're going to call it a very merry holiday parade so that the people could get on the float and gyrate. Right. And so 
the the spokesman said that well TAMA for the city the spokesman for Taylor Texas said well TAMA made it clear they didn't want certain people to be a part of the parade this is the problem I have right here no one didn't it's not that people didn't want the two men on the Taylor pride float at the parade they didn't want to see them ass out gyrating to a bunch of music with thongs and glitter with kids right behind them right i mean i don't care if you're gay or straight i don't want to see your buttocks on a float during christmas gyrating okay if i wanted to see that then i would go to a a strip club but it's a christmas parade i that i where did this grift come from where humans now are like well if I can't do what I do behind closed doors out in public, I guess that means you don't want me personally. No, we don't want that behavior. There's a difference. If you're too stupid to understand it, maybe don't go out in public. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. According to Reuters, suspected drug smugglers killed a U.S. agent in Puerto Rico. Out of San Juan, a U.S. federal agent was killed. Two were wounded in a gun battle with suspected drug smugglers on Thursday during an inspection of a vessel believed to be carrying drugs off the coast of Puerto Rico, according to U.S. officials. They said there were brave members of air and marine operations within U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Uh, And this was something Mayorkas had said in testimony before a U.S. Senate committee. He said that other agents were also gravely wounded. They thought they were carrying some controlled substances and they had uh, drug because drug traffickers frequently use Puerto Rico, U.S. territory as an entrance point to stuff being smuggled from the Caribbean to the continental U.S. So they they found a bunch of cocaine and oh, a man's body. They also found that as well. A lot of stuff there. Uh, also, this is a crazy story. An Alabama Alabama's execution of a man convicted in the 1998 murder for hire slain of a preacher's wife was called off just before the midnight deadline because state officials couldn't find a suitable vein in which to inject the lethal drugs. Well, that's when you just take out your your uh, service pistol and uh, I'm just saying. They said Alabama Department of Corrections Commissioner John Hamm said prison staff tried for an hour to get the two required intravenous lines connected to Kenneth Eugene Smith, age 57. They established one, were unable to get another. They tried a central line, and they didn't able, they weren't able to complete it in time. That's the second execution that the state had to cancel because of difficulties in establishing an IV line. So I guess they're going to have to deal with the postponement from that. That's kind of crazy. 
goodness. And a 10-year-old evaded a potential kidnapping in Philadelphia thanks to a smart 19-year-old shop owner who pretended to be his mom. Awesome. Stay with us. Republicans are in position to take back the House, but the red tsunami never comes. Multiple wins for the radical abortion movement on ballot initiatives. And why is the vote counting so slow in some states? I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Well, that was old Biden. Has he ever actually clarified further his previous remarks? That was from 2006. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And if you're listening across the country, don't forget, you can also watch the simulcast on YouTube, Facebook, The First, wherever you can get some Internet access. Good cellular connection. Cellular connection. Check it out. This has been, uh, well, one obviously one of the reasons we're playing this audio is because of the Respect for Marriage Act, which has been going through some procedural votes in the Senate This is a repeal, as I understand it, of the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, except the Respect for Marriage Act isn't, there's nothing in it. Again, it's another piece of legislation that is nothing like what the name suggests. And it doesn't even define what marriage is. And then there's the question of protections for religious institutions, organizations, individuals. What does that mean for you know, Catholic charities. What does it mean for Christian organizations, Christian adoption agencies? A lot of well, there's a, a lot of concern to have here, especially when we have 87,000 87, new IRS agents going to be apparently joining up at some point. And I'm just wondering, there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of work there to do if they're going to be going after people if they think that they're acting, you know, out of law for this. Joining us right now, and I think that he's written some really good pieces. And I actually mentioned this yesterday, and I wanted to bring him on. Kevin Roberts is the president of the Heritage Foundation. He's also uh, an American history professor at UT. God bless you. Out at UT. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in uh, just uh, in Fort Worth, actually. So you're out, you're out in UT. God love you. Um, and he also has uh, his own podcast with uh, the Heritage Network, The Kevin Roberts Show. Kevin, I appreciate you joining us on this because my, so my big question, and and because uh, I know what I know and I know what I don't, which is why you're here <laughs> to help shepherd us <laughs> through this. I don't understand why this, they kept saying this has to be codified, et cetera. But we had the Obergefell decision, and I thought that that is, had already established that state by state. No protections were going to be lost. This was something that was that every state had to adopt and every state acclimated to. So why are they pushing this? Well, Dana, thanks for having me. But to the, the heart of your question, because in spite of everything that's going the wrong way in this country, I happen to think this is the worst thing because it cuts straight to the heart of the most important institution in humankind, and that is marriage, marriage between one man and one woman. But you ask a really important question that I've answered hundreds of times this week, as you might imagine, in Washington, D.C. And the answer is this. 
it's all a political agenda. And it's actually, in spite of its name, aimed at traditional marriage and aimed in particular at those of us who are people of faith, who, by the way, would never mistreat anyone. We love everybody, right? But some of us, I'm a faithful Catholic, have loved a couple of Catholic institutions. Our church can never change that teaching. Why? Because it's scriptural. We do, however, live in America. We're a pluralistic country. We understand that some people disagree with that. Some people may even want to have a different marriage. Obergefell allows that to happen. And so there is no purpose for this bill. I just want to be really clear about one point, Dana. This bill does nothing that Obergefell did not already establish. And so, therefore, it is 100% about something else and that something else is violating the religious liberty of all of us who deign to believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. We're talking with Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation and a professor in American history down at UT. And that's that's kind of the big question because or the big issue, because the way that uh, in looking further into this, there was no protection at all whatsoever offered in the language of this legislation, even though lawmakers could have added one. It's very telling that they purposefully chose not to for that purpose. That is that, that, that's correct. You know, the, the ideal from our vantage point at Heritage Dana is that the bill not pass for, for reasons that are that are obvious to those of us who believe in traditional marriage. And, and even let's say there's if there are some thoughtful people who believe that Ober, Obergefell was the right decision, I would disagree respectfully. But even some of them say there's there's no reason to even be having this fight. You know, the, the advocates for same sex marriage have gotten what they wanted. And so Therefore, that's the ideal. But then the the backup position, if you will, by heritage and many people in the conservative movement has been, if in fact you believe you need to pass this, even though we disagree with that, at least attach to the bill Senator Mike Lee's First Amendment Defense Act amendment. And, And what that would do is, in a very airtight way, enshrine the ability of Americans who disagree with the bill to still practice their faith for organizations of faith who are providing services for adoption, for that matter, for immigrants, uh, both legal and illegal, unfortunately, that they're still able to do their jobs, even if their church believes in traditional marriage. Absent that amendment, Dana, to sum up here, this is going to be one of the most treacherous, insidious acts ever by the United States Congress. And that's why, even though we lost this cloture vote this week, the Heritage Foundation and our sister organization, Heritage Action, are fighting like hell to defeat it after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's amazing that I, I'm trying to figure out why a number of Republicans in the Senate voted for that. I know it was a procedural vote, but still to progress it further along in the in the timeline of actually going to the floor for a final vote. That was kind of shocking to me. Um, you you mentioned the Mike Lee Amendment. Uh, there was also, correct me if I'm wrong, Romney, Collins, Baldwin Amendment, but that was getting a lot of flack uh, for not actually providing a good enough defense. Tell me about you know, the criticisms of that amendment that was offered by them. The amendment is is just pablum. I mean, it's 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 nothing. And and perhaps given yeah, that's not a surprise, given the chief sponsor, Senator mm-hmm. Romney, the and so I just want to be really clear. I, I do think that the only amendment for religious liberty that passes muster by heritage, our lead scholar, Roger Severino, is the leading specialist, the leading expert in these questions is Mike Lee's First Amendment, First Amendment defense amendment. And The reason is that it allows any organization, including those that are contracting services with the government to provide adoption services, uh, services for the indigent, 
to be able to stay in business, even though they believe in traditional marriage. And so I'm going to I'm going to say this, and it's, it's a little hopeful and I don't believe in hollow optimism. So this is genuine. We believe there are five senators whose votes may be reconsidered after Thanksgiving because we believe giving them the benefit of the doubt that because they're conservatives otherwise, that they went into voting for that procedural uh, cloture, thinking that they would get religious liberty provisions, and now they know they didn't. And so we believe that senators like Senator Capito in West Virginia, Senator Ernst in Iowa, mm. Senator Lummis in Wyoming, Senator Sullivan in Alaska, Senator Young in Indiana, all thoughtful people given the opportunity for their constituents to come to them and say, religious liberty is not protected by what you have allowed to proceed, change your vote. We think that perhaps over the Thanksgiving dinner table, they might change their minds. You, you, I think you're providing a lesson here. You're way more grace-giving uh, grace, uh, about this than I am. <laughs> Very- oh, Dana, <laughs> right before I came on, I was, I was texting with my wife, and we've been getting each other really fired up about this. I was president of a college of faith in Wyoming that, beat Obama on the contraceptive mandate and then rejected federal student loans and grants because I could see this coming. So I've been in this battle for a long yes, time yes. and they never stop. But I do have moments of being kind. There you go. We're, ta- we're talking with Kevin Roberts with the Heritage Foundation, also American History, PhD uh, professor in UT. You mentioned Roger Severino because I thought he gave, uh, I was reading, I find this, I was reading a uh, Uh, Actually, I think I listened to it. It was an interview that he had given. He was explaining kind of the rationale for how we got here, because the way that the way that it seems is that the left saw what happened with Dobbs. And then they tried to take this remark, uh, this concurrence from from Justice Clarence Thomas completely out of context uh, when he was talking about uh, substantive due process and saying he, he was he was he wasn't questioning the 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 validity of enumerated rights, but he was questioning substantive due process, which is, you know, the, the which we, we've seen the abuse from judges from numerous cases. And so they decided, I guess, to take that and say, well, if Dobbs can happen, then maybe something can happen to a Burgafell. So this is why. But the argument is so specious, though. Tell us a little bit about this for those who haven't listened to Roger Severino's interview on this. Well, there are a lot of scholars on on both sides of the political spectrum who believe that what initiated this move to the misnamed uh, uh, Respect for Marriage Act was Justice Thomas's comment in the Dobbs decision about the same legal reasoning being applied to Obergefell. I understand from Roger, who's a very smart attorney, I'm just a historian, that that makes a lot of sense. The chances of that politically, however, judicially are close to zero. Why is that? Because cultures upstream from politics. Right. And I might lament that this country no longer believes that marriage is only between one man and one woman. But I accept as a proud American that I'm going to go through life and I'm going to fight upstream politics and upstream from the Supreme Court in culture, in my church, and in society. Most of all, hopefully, by being a good witness as a husband and a dad. But it, therefore, it's going to be a really long time before we can confront that. It's specious because there is literally no attempt in any state legislature in the United States Congress to repeal, in effect, Obergefell. This is all about advancing the agenda and putting us on our heels. And I can tell you, to go back to your your observation that for one moment I was being gracious, I can quickly not be gracious when I think (laughs) about the reality that there are 12 Republicans in the Senate and 47 Republicans in the House who voted for this garbage. Yep, yep. We're talking with Kevin Roberts. Last question for you. And this is, I mean, this it might be kind of obvious, but I, you know, when I look at how this 
particular piece of legislation doesn't actually even define what marriage is. It's the thing that gets me. Was it a mistake or or maybe a mistake and then turned into you know, a, a, a tactic by the left because you could have, they could have easily have said if that, if what they truly wanted was the recognition legal or otherwise of a uh, contractual union agreement between two consenting adults. And then, you know, without fighting over who owns the word marriage, which is you're, you're making a statement before God. It is a religious action. So it's more than just a contractual agreement recognized by the state. But it's like their conflation seems to be a purposeful attempt to just stab at the heart of marriage and undermine that building block. And you're shaking. So that's your I mean, you completely agree. I 100 percent. I mean, as as usual, you're 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 spot on. And it, it, it not to sound too much like a broken record here, but I've I've lived this as president of Wyoming Catholic College when they were coming for us because mm-hmm. we believed in traditional marriage. We were not going to buy into transgender ideology, told them to go pound sand twice. And that college, by the way, has flourished as a result. So I've lived this personally at, at, at great cost, all of which is correct. They never stop. I mean, the, the best thing someone can do who's listening, trying to understand, is to read between the lines. And when you read between the lines, anytime the left is talking about same-sex marriage, they're really talking about undermining traditional marriage between one man and one woman. And very importantly, very relevant to this whole issue, Dana, religious liberty. They want religious institutions, your church, my church, your listeners' churches, to lose their tax-exempt status. And why is that? Because those churches adhere to truth with a capital T. And that is the ultimate target of the advocates of this bill. There you go. And I can see why it is the most concerning thing. And uh, it's kind of shocking to me that there isn't more normal i think 10 years ago you'd see a lot of uh, a lot of criticism about this and but and with twitter and facebook and everything else it seems to be an absence of it i think that's a, a little concerning for me as it relates to the conservative movement which i'm going to be talking about with david harsani later on in the program where that's going kevin roberts with the heritage foundation so appreciate your expertise and time today thank you so much have a happy thanksgiving thanks Dana. you too of course thank you so much and we have more. We will be talking about that with David Harsani coming up. And here's a quick point too, just to add one final little note on this. The if it would be one thing if people and this is this is, and not everyone. We're not saying this universally as a way to apply this to every single person in every single you know demo. But it would be one thing if activists were saying they wanted the uh, just a union between two consenting adults to be have the same recognition under law. But it's going beyond that because a lot of activists do not stop just there. They don't view that as being equal unless there is a diminishment to the recognition or protection for marriage and religious institutions, etc. And so that is where the concern and objection and outrage comes in because it is so often targeted. And if you don't think that it's not, I will just redirect your attention to what has been happening with Jack Phillips or what has been happening to Sweet Cakes by Melissa or what has been happening to Baronel Stutzman. These are all practicing Christians who bring their faith into their business and they have been repeatedly targeted by the laws that offer no protections for people of faith to the point where Jack Phillips has had to go up to federal courts, I don't even know how many times, in battling this for a decade. So that is where the objection comes in. We have a lot more coming up. We have Florida Man. Oh, my gosh. You do not want to miss Florida Man. (sighs) I've got Vomit, Fighting, and Disney. Yeah. All in one story. You don't want to miss it. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) 
It's time for Florida Man. Well, our contributor, Lorraine, this is all Lorraine's fault, this story right here. It's all her fault. I'm just going to tell you the headline. Drunk guests take clothes off and brawl at Disney Springs, slip on vomit into bushes during fight. Oh, that's a headline. That is a headline. They had to get that vomit in there. They So they've been, there have been some fights. We just literally had another one yesterday where a guy fell off this platform. Right. So two sisters in New Jersey, from New Jersey, they went down to Disney, uh, ages 29 and 31. They were with family in Orlando. They ate at a steakhouse, and then they went to an Irish restaurant. That's where it starts. <laughs> okay. And, and got drinks at the Irish restaurant. And then the problems began. So at first, they tried to go back to their hotel off Disney property, and the phone died. Disney security helped them call an Uber. The Uber, Uber wouldn't take them because he said they were too drunk. The women argued while waiting for a taxi, and it got even worse. The older sister called the younger sister a bad mom and slapped her. The younger one punched her in return. And then as they were brawling, one of them got sick, threw up. The other one fell on it, took the other one down with her as they fell into the bushes, covered in scratches, slapping, punching, and pulling each other's hair, according to the arrest affidavit. They didn't receive injuries. They aren't facing criminal charges, but they're banned from Disney Springs now. Of course, third hour on the way. Stick with us. It is one thing when someone just posts something and sends an email, puts something out there, and you own a company on which they did it. It is another when you are amplifying it and making exactly. money off it. There are ways, as other countries have done, that we could put rules in place. So I think this should be a major focus for the Congress next year. Wow, that's nuts. That's Amy Klobuchar, the woman who once threw a comb at somebody. Uh, welcome back to the show. Third hour, top of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you this Friday. That doesn't, what is she talking about? Like make rules like they did in Germany where you, or Britain where, you know, if you hurt someone's feelings, it's a big bad no-no and you could get in trouble. I mean, where's, what is she talking about here? One of the things that Musk had said was, well, you're going to have free speech but not freedom of reach. So if it's purposely hateful, et cetera, then the reach is going to be... Uh, uh, they're not going to boost the reach, et cetera. But I'm like, also, who def- who defines what that is? Because the way that the left determines the definition of what is or is not hateful is anything that they disagree with is hateful and or violence. I mean, that's that's kind of a big difference from something actually hateful. I don't think that they can recognize hate anymore, which is probably why they engage in it so much and in, in thinking that it's actually free speech when they're burning down buildings. I don't know. But the idea that congress needs to get involved with congress can't even regulate itself much less anybody else this is just about i mean what amy amy klobuchar said it out loud she said the quiet part out loud by the way if you're still saying the quiet part is it that quiet part's also out loud why do people can i just stop for a second why do people say that they said the quiet part out loud but they still said it because it wasn't silent you stupid blockhead that doesn't make any sense that's no anyway said the quiet part out loud that's a tautological statement that doesn't make any sense so uh anyway long story short she's actually saying that they should control the speech of twitter interesting Hmm. so uh lauren bobert has officially won her race adam fritch has conceded Colorado's third congressional district, so another majority seat there. Bober tweeted that Frisch called to concede the race. She looks forward to getting past election season, et cetera, et cetera. 
Maybe what's it, who was the dude on MSNBC? Maybe the dude who said she should start an OnlyFans. Maybe he should start an OnlyFans. Yeah. Hmm. Remember what he said about her? Mm-hmm. Well, she so she prevailed. She won her race. I'll have to tell you, because I've met her numerous times, and she's uh, really, she's a very sweet person. I think she gets kind of a bad rap. She's just, she's not any more outspoken than I think any other regular average outspoken woman that I've met. Um, I, I think that the, the left just does not like outspoken conservative women. But she's super healthy. She's straight edge. I don't know if people knew that. Um, she doesn't drink. She doesn't smoke doesn't she has uh, she'll have tea she'll have hot tea and uh very she's i think she's naturally a ridiculously energetic person because i have friends who are like that who were born basically going yeah woo like that you know you know some of them kane we have some mutual friends they tire me out they have so much i mean i'm wound up pretty much but this is a whole new level right there's like regular power plant and then giant, enormous nuclear power plant. That's, there's the difference. But um, super, super incredibly nice. And I'm glad to see that she won because there are some lawmakers that, particularly in the House, this is where it seems to be the worst, that go to D.C. and they just, they run and they find cameras and on the right and the left. And you don't know what they do aside from creating what the press calls controversy. She actually puts forward legislation and co-sponsors bills. And she has really put a lot of effort into learning the mechanics. And in addition to, you know, representing people of Colorado, she's, well, that's part of it. She's, she's learning the mechanics and the maneuvering and all of that stuff. And, uh, everything that comes with sponsoring and, and helping to craft legislation. So she's really been putting the hours in, I have to say. And uh, it's been, it's, it's, it's impressive to see someone that dedicated. So people in Colorado ever wanted to know that? Because I see people on the right and left all the time go to D.C. and they don't bother learning what the hell it is they're supposed to do there. And she puts in a lot of effort, really does. And uh, I, I think that that the third congressional district is all the better for it there in Colorado. So congratulations to her. So also, what did I do? I'm closing all kinds of stuff because I'm ridiculous today. It's Friday and I'm accidentally closing right things, right, left, everywhere else. So um, we're going to be talking to my friend David Harsani after headlines about the whole national conservative, the NatCon thing. Uh, and I think the, especially coming off of that discussion with Kevin Roberts about that, that, Respect for Marriage Act. That's going to be very interesting. It'll be interesting discussion. So here are a couple of things that you're going to want to pay attention to. So the first is that, and I wanted to make sure that I that I hit all of this because I think I missed some of it. We went so long with some of these other topics. The Biden administration, the EPA has held up a major, has been holding up a major oil refinery while we are in the middle of a national fuel crisis. So the EPA, they announced that this very large idled refinery in the Virgin Islands is going to remain closed until it, requi- until it acquires, Kane, a new Clean Air Act permit amid a national diesel shortage. Now, we don't, we need more refineries. We really do. It's the, it's the St. Croix refinery owned by West Indies Petroleum Limited and Port Hamilton Refining and Transportation. 
They closed it down in June 2021, and they're making them get a all these names prevention of significant deterioration permit. So the operators have to provide a detailed air quality analysis, and according to Daily Caller, use a sophisticated air pollution control technology. They have the U.S. has 26 diesel, actually 25 now days of diesel remaining apparently in commercial inventories. A gallon of diesel is about a dollar fifty-eight more expensive than it was at this time last year, according to the Energy Information Administration. Now, this refinery, St. Croix, was apparently one of the largest in the world, and they used to used to process six hundred thousand barrels of crude per day into gas and heating oil, and a form of diesel. Yeah. The price of heating oil was 65% higher last month than it was in October of 2021. So Americans in the northeastern part of the country, they're going to have to pay a heck of a lot more, according to EIA. And so the administration is also mulling a plan that's going to force oil companies to store a minimum amount of diesel in their fuel tanks. That's going to exacerbate prices even more. So the EPA administration, can I sidebar real quick? You know how I learned about the EPA? Everything I learned about all these government agencies, I learned in the first Ghostbusters. When that Michael, I don't, I can't, I was going to say something I don't think I can say on air. That one dude, that pencil neck, when he came in from the EPA and he was telling Venkman to shut it down. That's how I learned about the EPA and all the government. My view of those government agencies has forever, I learned it from Ghostbusters. So anyway, back to the story. The EPA pencil neck, Michael Reagan, said that uh, according to the, uh, he said that he's going to prioritize the health and safety of undeserved and overburdened communities. What about the people who are overburdened and underserved because of no gas? Anyway, he said the protections for St. Croix, they did have protections in St. Croix. These are just additional. This is just them messing around with them so they can act like, well, look, we're, we're holding them up for the environment when really we're. We're actually artificially decreasing the supply so we can drive up prices and force you all to go on uh, ch- uh, the Chinese monopoly of uh, rare earth elements for the green stuff. That's what they're doing. So they they pulled that permit back in June of 2021. So that's so they had to, the uh, previous operator had to lay everybody off. They sold the plant. And so they were trying they did fix some things that like corrosion and other things that did absolutely need to be fixed. And other than that, I mean, I can't imagine it's kind of hard to run a facility like this in the Virgin Islands because the salt air and everything else, that's a lot of corrosion, a lot of stuff that you have to constantly maintain. Uh, They found some of that on valves, pipes and other equipment. So I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? They got to get their clean air thing. They got to get all their other stuff. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Target has missed projections. And they have blamed criminal networks and the, for theft, for shoplifting. They, are, they say they have like $600 million in lost profits from shoplifting. Shoplifting at Target? They said their gross margin rate dropped from 28% in the third quarter to 24% this year. So shoplifting, or what they call shrink the company blamed higher markdown rates and freight costs as well for dragging down profits. And they said that they expect the theft to cost $600 million in lost profits this year. It's been increasing. It increased $200 million from last from last year. That's crazy. And they said, according to the, C, the COO, it started in some localized geographies, but now it's expanded and the impact is continuing to grow. So they have to put like toothpaste and razors behind glass doors 
Customers have to use sensor devices to summon workers. Um, that's, I just can't. And Rite Aid, Rite Aid is seen shoplifting. There are a number of these stores that are seeing these kinds of things. I just can't. That's just amazing. Now, speaking of freight, container freight volumes at the largest U.S. ports were down 3.8% in September. It's the slackening of merchandise trade and the downturn in the business cycle. So that's, an, it's man, none of this is, I'm wondering how this is going to roll out for Christmas, Christmas sales. So, I can't admit, six, 600 million, that's just absolutely crazy. All right, I have time for woke already, don't I? This, yeah, I do. We're doing it. Cross country runner went from 72nd to first place. What's her secret? Well, balls. That's the secret. So the story, Libs of TikTok first had it. Uh, a biological male was 70, was in 72nd place on the boys track team. And then when he became, when he said he wanted to be a girl, he, shockingly, he, beca- he took first place. Wow. Aspen Hoffman. Well, with a name like Aspen, that's your first name. He competed as a boy, finished 72nd. Now as a sophomore competing as a girl, he broke Seattle Hoffman's, or he broke, sorry, he broke Seattle Academy's school record. Uh, I know. 5,000 meter category. And he would have been 48th if he had competed in boys division. Are You've got to be kidding me. I'm not. So, and the coach is upset. The parents of a lot of the female athletes in the conference are understandably upset. You're robbing women by cosplaying as a woman because you sucked as an as a male athlete does not mean that you can treat women's leagues like jv teams good grief we have a lot more on the way including a discussion with david harsani about national conservatism is dead we're going to talk about all it will we'll talk a little bit about what it means we'd had this discussion a little earlier this week and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So in a reversal, Qatar is now not going to allow sports fans attending this year's World Cup to purchase to purchase any alcoholic beverages at any of the stadiums hosting the event. Comes two days before... So you, it, they're all, they're all going to be in. Apparently, but so it's been restricted even more. Specific tiny little festival areas, and that's it. Can't go outside there, and they have to have special licenses and all of this. So it's even more. Two days before they decided they were going to change it even more. People are mad, but too terrified of being uh, beaten in the street to say anything about it. So I mean, for real, let's just be honest. That's, that's our, make sure you overtip your drivers. Uber Eats. This makes me upset. Uh, there are drivers that are talking about the this thing called under tipping, and drivers are saying, you know, they went the extra mile. They made sure they got the food there, you know, in a fast amount of time, and they got all the extra stuff. And it started with one um, uh, mom who is a, an Uber driver, and she was just saying that that she, you know, it, it was a nice tip, and then they reduced it down to like two dollars, something that was would have been it was like almost a, like an eighty dollar bill, and then they just took the tip down to two dollars. Then don't order. I'm always you always take care of the people who take care of you, and I don't, especially if you can, over tip your drivers, your deliverers, all of that. That's just that is not cool. Uh, let's see here the oh, mm, mm, beef recall, a contaminated beef, a contamination of beef. There's a recall that's out apparently about this. Ninety four thousand pounds of ground beef are being recalled. They said for safety reasons. 
a meat supplier, Tyson's Fresh Meats Facility in Amarillo, issued a recall uh, for uh, uh, just uh, on the 16th for huh, 93,000 pounds of uh, raw ground beef. They shipped them to retailers throughout Texas. They said that there was a mirror-like material in the in the ground beef, and that's you know ultimately what it was. So you can find the recalled products uh, on the Tyson site. I'm not going to sit here and read you the super long URL, but dang, with beef, no way. Come on. Uh, also, this uh, <laughs> Ar- an Argentinian driver has broken the world record for the second time in one year. Uh, for the uh, highest breathalyzer test, the world breathalyzer record. They, it was an unprecedented 5.79 uh, grams of alcohol per liter of breath when tested. How is he alive? 6.26. How is he alive? I can't, why? Is he a vampire? How is he alive? Somebody say, ask about Herschel Walker. But then ask about Joe Biden talking about kids petting his leg hair in the pool. Oh, yeah, I know. I did say it. All right. So coming up, David Harsani, the NatCon fight. I don't think that government is a tool to use. It's like the one ring from Lord of the Rings. It'll corrupt you no matter who you are. Stay with us. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of our third hour. And if you are listening across the country, don't forget you can check out the simulcast as well. Available on YouTube, Facebook, and also uh, simulcast on the first. So the election Tuesday brought a lot of things, I think, into sharp perspective. And everyone talks about the soul of the Democrat Party. But I think that the Republican Party is really trying to figure out its identity And um, I read with great enjoyment a piece that we were talking about just earlier this week, uh, or actually, yeah, just the other day, National Conservatism is Dead. And it was a very sassy rant from David Harsani, who is the senior editor over at The Federalist. And just so you can get a sense of the tone, the first sentence states, since a civil war is about to break out and destroy the modern Republican Party, fingers crossed, Let me tell you what grinds my gears. And it went from there. And I love the tone. I think I agree with him on so many issues. He joins us now via Skype. David Harsani, thank you so much. Happy early Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thank you. I've never been called sassy before. so Yeah, I was trying to think of I'm like, you're not really a curmudgeon because you take too much joy in, in some of this. But I thought that this was a really interesting piece over an issue that I think is widely, I don't want to say discouraged, maybe avoided. Uh, kind of in within the right, this issue of national conservatism or na- this national conservatism issue and this push to really kind of be in many respects somewhat indistinguishable from the left and how government in, is used and things are are applied. Um, give us a little thought on this because you ignited a very big uh, discussion on social media over zombie reaganism which you know i i loved the shining city on the hill i agree with you i mean it actually did mean something and there were some things that were accomplished under that yeah i mean it's a big topic i think that in general um what i'm talking about is the economic policy first of all where you're trying to compete in growing government and welfare programs and giving people checks and helping them ways that uh, don't really help them in the long term but just essentially give them some sort of entitlement you're never going to beat the Dems or liberals in general on that front. They're always going to offer more. They're always going to be willing to spend more money. So it, it's it's a fool's game, but it's also the wrong policy. It's not going to help people as we've seen. 
Now, a lot of these NatCon folks are, you know, very pro-family. I'm pro-family. And they think that this will help families of the working class and perhaps middle class. But we know that welfare and welfare checks and welfare programs have done more to destroy communities and destroy families than perhaps any government program that we've ever had. Right. So I don't understand where they're coming from in that way. And then just lastly, I think they combine the idea that we need to be or that the right needs to have a stiffer spine and be more like Trump in that sense with these programs that are not really, uh, you know, don't really have a wide appeal. I agree that Trump stiffened the spine of the Republican Party in many ways, in good ways, but I don't think that the populist econ stuff where you're chasing around a a very narrow group of people is, is the right way to go. Exactly. And the whole family leave proposal the paid family leave, which I've seen a lot proposed on the right. That actually shocks me. I have to tell you, this was probably about a year ago. I did, uh, I taped a, a podcast interview and, you know, I, gen- I have a good opinion of the individual. I don't want to, you know, start a flame war or name them or try to shame them or anything, but it was, it's a young NatCon and they had a, you know, fairly influential, they're, I mean, you know, and they're fairly influential. Uh, and the question that came up was whether or not we should pay people to have kids in the United States so that we could avoid having to rely upon, uh, I guess, the labor of people coming into the country. And I was just sort of shocked at that because I thought we already provided that in the form of welfare. And it hasn't been incredibly successful. And that was sort of my response. And I had said on air, I kind of felt like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he was yelling at Anakin as he was smoldering there on Mustafar. And he was like, it should, it was supposed to be you. And I was looking at someone who was very influential as a young Republican, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? It's supposed to be you. Why are you going this Rick Santorum, you know, big government route? Why did this become a popular thing? How did this get to take root in the Republican part of the conservative sphere even? It's a good question. I, I think that what happened was people feel like they're always losing. And in a democratic system, you often feel like you're losing because you're never really fully winning, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they just said, listen, we have to just act like them. We have to do what they're doing. That's the only way to win. That's the only way to fight back. Neutral principles don't really matter when the other side, you know, is is doesn't care about. That sounds them. like and, surrender. Yeah, to me, it does. I mean, you know, I have the principles I have and I became a sort of Reagan, you know, you know, a small libertarianish conservative because I believe in the principles un- underlying them. I don't just change. I can't just. I don't want to sound like I'm some uh, monk or something, but I can't just change them up because, you you know, we've lost a couple of elections or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. I believe in those ideas, not just because I think they can win office, but because I think they're good for the country. Right. But I also think they can win office. I think like you just mentioned, you know, Reagan's vision. And I don't want to bring Reagan up specifically. I'm talking about the ideas that, that, that brought that fusionist movement together were good ones. They're appealing ones to people. I think middle class people want to be left alone for the most part. I think they want good schools. I think they want choices. And, uh, you know, yeah. so, yeah, that's why I support those ideas. I think you raise a good point, too, because whenever and I can't remember who initially said this, and I've co- totally co-opted it and have a, you know bridged it and abused it six ways to Sunday on air. Something to the effect of if you know you get if, if a voter has to choose between a fake Democrat or a real one, they're going to pick the real one. And it, it does seem like surrender if you're trying to, well, the only way we can beat them is if we become them. Well, then you've just lost. You've just thrown in the towel that, that you haven't beaten them at all. They've beaten you if you think that you have to go down to that. It's like using the government, certain, I think NACONs think that using the government is more, it's okay because their ideas somehow are for a more virtuous purpose. 
but that's like the Lord of the Rings one ring argument. I mean, it's still going to, you know, you're, it's still going to corrupt you. No, you, you, you hit it on the head. Their intellectual movement says basically that you, if you use government for virtuous reasons, it's okay to use it and compel people to do things. First of all, you mentioned like paying people to have kids. Anyone who has kids knows you don't have kids because someone's going to send you a thousand dollar check. Kids are going to make you poor. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're going to do for middle class people, sending your kid to college, things like that. Those things need to be reformed so that people can afford to have kids and not be on welfare and not have to rely on the state. And also the state crowds out churches. The state crowds out charity and community. Uh, this is why we should be pushing federalism. Florida is a great example of that. Um, so, you know, I... I you had that experience. I had this similar experience where I was at CPAC, I think 2019 or something like that. And some first uh, first things magazine editor was speaking and he said something like, we just have too much freedom in this country or too many choices. And I'm like, that's crazy. And then everyone got up and cheered who were there, a lot of young people. And I was like, this is weird. Sometimes I think maybe because I'm a Gen X or, you know, like I, I don't understand that generation, but but or they're looking for something new that they think is new, maybe. Yeah. And that's, and I, it's really and you just want to go back and like play him some of the quote unquote compassionate conservatism speeches. Be like, really, right. this is new. You think this? Let's play this from you know George Bush in two thousand or you know Rick Santorum. Right? right? Go yeah, back. go back to be can- exactly, exactly. Talking to David Harsani with the Federalist. My last question for you. So, it, looking ahead at twenty twenty four, which I really don't want to do before you know the holidays, particularly. But here we are. Uh, that we didn't get a choice in that. That all kicked off. How is this going to define? 2024 because you brought up florida and you know not to throw rick DeSantis or rick DeSantis. what am i doing ron DeSantis out there before it's too early i mean he did that is a very good example of you know how florida how it was you know he handled everything from lockdown to pandemic even with the situation with disney i think that there was a lot of debate um over whether or not you know the state should be giving you know breaks and accommodations special ones that regular people don't get to corporations etc etc long story short though is 2024 going to kind of be like a head-to-head competition, you think, or, or a matchup between that sort of NatCon versus the, you know, the small, the lowercase l conservatism? I think actually Ron DeSantis can bring those two together more than any candidate I can think of because he, ha- he does have sort of the disposition of a NatCon kind of person. But in my opinion, he was very, very small government in many ways the ways he did intrude on government gave people more freedom to do the things that they wanted. I have no no problem with that, right? I think that when you talk about cronyism, for instance, they yeah, it seems to me like NatCons want to get involved and then sort of they want to be the technocrats, right? But I think the best thing is to separate those two things and then then Corporations won't have power over you. And I think that's what uh, Ron DeSantis, I almost, Rick, I almost said Rick DeSantis too. I know, Where, what is happening with us? It's a Friday, I don't know. It's it's crazy, but we anyway, don't know. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I find, I, to me, he seems like a real traditional conservative who maybe is more aggressive in, in certain ways that we, we need them to be aggressive. So I don't know what's going to happen, but if he wants uh, a fight there, I, I think he, he can do well. You never know how this translates nationally, but I think he's he's a pretty uh, a figure that a lot of conservatives would like. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Well, this is a great piece. David Harsani with The Federalist, and of course, it's national conservatism is a dead is, is a dead end, which I believe um, entirely. It's it's it. Hopefully it'll go away. We'll see. I don't know. It's just a creepy time. I feel like I'm living in a children of the corn era. I don't even know. It's just weird. David Harsani, always good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you. Of course.
We have more to come, folks, as we wrap up this third hour this Friday. And that is a good it's a, and it's and the, the, the funny thing is, too, it's not like a, we're, we're criticizing because everybody's been young and everybody's been young in politics. And there are no believe me, I have one of my kids is very interested in the politics and I am making him go through the paces to humble this child. <laughs> I'm like, you got to go through the paces, man. But and I get the zeal. Uh, there's a zeal that is brought with and I because I've been there when you are young, you're, a, you know, whether you're a teenager, whether in your early 20s, for sure. And I think that that's something that time sharpens experience sharpens, it gives you a clearer and more focused perspective. And it's it is though we have this thing and it's the right and the left. I think everybody is so desperate looking for answers and so busy looking to one up each other. They're just like, oh, my gosh, is this going to be the new savior for the for the party? Is this the new savior? Is this the new savior? And then we find ourselves in this weird ever ever, you know, changing position of constantly surrendering bits of our our our, uh, position just for a little bit of of relevancy or i don't know uh, to, to for hollywood for something i and it just seems i don't know clout it just seems weird to me and i i it just like i was you know telling david when i hear people tell me that they think that government can be used for good if it's just in the right hands i'm like you are literally you are boromir oh my gosh you're boromir from lord of the rings you're about to take the ring from frodo stop it stop it right now this is not going to end well for you it's just uh, it's what I think. We have a lot more uh, to hit still before we wrap up this program. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So Elon Musk had just announced that Kathy Griffin, Jordan Peterson, and Babylon B have been reinstated. The Trump decision, he said, has not yet been made, which I think is kind of nutty that it hasn't been. I mean, that's like... It, that's interference by not allowing it. You're then what's the it's just crazy. I mean, he announced that he's running for president for the love. So interesting. <laughs> now, on top of that, I had a big debate yesterday on the social media. American families are going to pay 20 percent more for Thanksgiving this year because of the cost of living. I was looking at some of the details of it. I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty crazy how much how I mean, just. Golly, how much people, they said it's from the stuff from the Farm Bureau. In 2020, the average cost for 10, 4690, 2020, 53, 31 in 2021, $64.05 in 2022. That's the turkey. It's like the, you know, usually I think, what is it? What is the average that, uh, I wonder what's the average of uh, poundage that people get for turkey? Probably run 225 250 a pound now. Jeez. Yeah, so that was the average a Thanksgiving feast for 10. So that's less than $6.50 per person if it's 64.05. So that's a 20% increase from last year's average of $53.31. The 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 turkeys obviously is 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 hit cranberries. Oh my gosh. Now, okay, quick thing. The ocean spray, canned cranberry. Some of you all are very set in y'all's ways. Now, I had said, I think this is, we don't debate politics at Thanksgiving in my family. We yell at each other over cranberry sauce. Because some people like that tart stuff, 
that I get, I can make the homemade stuff. I just don't like it because I hate it with the burning passion of a thousand suns. Some people like it. They, it's a fruit potpourri. Just admit it. That's what it is. You put orange peel in there and all a bunch of other weird witches brew stuff. And then you, and it's weird. And some of you put nuts in there. I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's, if you love it, I'm not passing judgment. My husband also loves it. But for the people who like to taste the other stuff on their plate, because that stuff is so tart. It makes my, oh man, it like cinches your mouth up like a, like a, like a drawn bag. Oh my gosh. I like the stuff from the can. And and here's, I got two reasons why. It's easy. Slice, 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 boom, put it on the table. Also, the next day turkey sandwich. It's literally a slice of additional moisture and taste on the turkey sandwich. (sighs) I don't know what it is. It's so. Why are you looking at me like that? You know I'm right, though. Oh, you get you some turkey. You put that cranberry slice on there. I like to slice it a little thinner. And leftover, like the next day, making sandwiches. That's. And when you mush it in the mashed potatoes, oh, my gosh. I don't know about you. I like to mash all of my food together, except for the turkey. The stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the cranberry, I will push it all together. I don't care if my food touches. Although I do leave my reservoir of uh, potato, my potato mountain with the gravy inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause you gotta have, you gotta have that for a turkey. It's just, there's, there's a structure to the plate people. So there you have it. Anyway. All right. Today's stupidity. I almost I'm almost looking forward out. to the Hawaiian rolls. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. All right. This is Biden. I don't know. Maybe you can tell what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't this know. We saw the growth in prices and uh, business pay for goods and services to come down as well. What? Gas prices are down. When- but no, it's going this to take, is recent? It's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels it's, as we keep our job market strong so we can see setbacks yeah. along the way. I don't so doubt that, but so setbacks? far we're in good shape. But we're laser focused on that. Laser focused. Oh, I don't man. believe that With actual all. lasers. I don't believe that yeah, at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I don't think say that at all either. Folks, that does it for us this week. Go sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. Have a great Great, fabulous weekend, and I will be back behind the mic with you on Monday.